Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear Hotline, including Mel Kuyper Jr. in 15 minutes. Wendy Brian Winhorst right after that. Lisa Byington today. History-making broadcaster, talking tourney. The list is about Sister Jean. We got mock drafts. We got playoff pushes. We got your calls. We got the hashtag crew. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. This year, it's like nuts. Trevor Lawrence and then everybody else. Mac Jones is really the one that's most interesting to me right now. The Jets and Zach Wilson is a marriage that I think makes all sorts of sense beginning in 2021. I love this stuff. I loved it long before I got the extraordinary opportunity to be the host of the draft this year for ESPN. I've always loved mock drafts. Maybe that sort of comes part and parcel of rooting for a team that usually isn't very good. The draft is kind of what we look forward to, but one way or another, I'm always fascinated by it. And what has happened in 2021 is that the draft has caught up to the way the league plays. And that is these quarterbacks are getting pushed all the way up to the top of the board. And it will be fascinating to see if that's what winds up happening five weeks from Thursday night. Let's make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Mel Kuyper Jr., who again will join me live here in a little less than 15 minutes, just released Mock Draft 3.0. We exclusively uh, debuted it on Get Up earlier this morning. And he's got four quarterbacks going off the board with the top four picks. He has Trevor Lawrence going number one to Jacksonville. That's never going to change. He has Zach Wilson going number two to the Jets. I agree with that. I do believe that's what's going to happen here. He has his first trade at number three. Carolina coming up from eight, trading up with Miami and taking Justin Fields from Ohio State. And then at four, he has Atlanta taking Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State, who is someone you've probably not seen play before. Most people haven't, A, because he plays at North Dakota State, and B, they didn't even have a season this year. They played one game. They literally created a one-game season as a showcase for him, and that's it. By the way, the next player he has coming off the board is Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, who I'm here to tell you right now, five years from now when we look back at this draft, we may very well say he's the best player. He is a tight end in the Travis Kelsey, Tony Gonzalez mold. To call him a tight end is probably not really doing him justice. He is an offensive weapon, extraordinarily dynamic. Let me go through the rest of the top 10 for you. At six, he has Jamar Chase, wide receiver LSU, going to Philadelphia. He won the Boletnikoff Award two years ago on that LSU national championship team. He was the best player on that team, best receiver on that team that had Justin Jefferson on it, who was a first-round pick last year and basically broke every rookie receiving record. He has Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner from Alabama, going seven to Detroit. Jalen Waddell, his teammate who hurt his ankle or otherwise might have won the Heisman from Alabama, going eight to Miami. Minnesota taking Penny Sewell, the offensive, you know, the bookend tackle from Oregon, falling all the way down to nine in this mock. And then the first defensive player off the board, Patrick Sertan, the second, the shutdown corner from Alabama. The other quarterback in the first round is Mac Jones from Alabama, and he, Mel, perceives or projects him to go with Belichick in New England, which, of course, would be fascinating for a million different reasons. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. But the way I look at this in the big picture is it's time to start doing math, which was never my favorite subject in school, but let's do it because we have to. Five quarterbacks in the draft. That means we've got five more to sort of plug in to this game of musical chairs. Russell Wilson, question mark. 
Is he one of another piece that could wind up being moved? My answer remains yes. It's going to require exactly the right circumstances for Seattle, but I think it is very much a possibility. Deshaun Watson, I assume you're aware of the situation that's going on in Houston. It doesn't feel in any way appropriate to talk about that as a football question because there are huge questions that have to be answered there by law enforcement and many others long before we get to the football piece of this. So just put that completely to the side. Sam Darnold twisting in the wind. Poor kid. I mean, what the Jets have done to him is just tragic. And and I just hope it winds up working out okay for him one way or the other because he's a kid who comes out of college with so much talent. And now he's just sitting there waiting to see if the Jets can pull off a trade for one of the quarterbacks they really want. If not, then they'll trade him away so they can take they can draft the quarterback they really want. What is clear is he's not the quarterback they really want, and they're just keeping him around and pretending that they do because they just seem to have, among other things, wanted to destroy this kid's career. I hope they don't. Marcus Mariota, he's a person out there of interest. I, is he someone who's going to wind up somewhere as a starter? I don't know. But options are running dry. How is this thing going to go? Let's first guess it. Let's first guess what's going to happen. Here's my first guess. The Jets are going to take Zach Wilson. That's going to happen. Mel absolutely has that right. The Jets are going to take Zach Wilson, the dynamic talent from BYU, who he just looks too good to pass up. So they will restart the clock on him salary cap-wise and everything else. Anybody's guess where they trade Sam. I hope for his sake that it's someplace he can learn. San Francisco, Pittsburgh, someplace like that. Solid organization, great coach, someplace he doesn't have to play immediately, try to recover his career. I do agree with Mel. Someone is coming up to three to take Justin Fields. It's anybody's guess who. Mel says Carolina. Sounds good to me. That would put Teddy Bridgewater in play. Funny when you think about it. I'm old enough to remember the phrase tank for Teddy and suck for Sam. Remember that? Life comes at you fast. Those were the two guys everyone was ready to tank their seasons for. All of a sudden, their team's giving them away. Anyway, now we're three picks in, and there are two quarterbacks left. You see where I'm headed? It's math. Desperation time. We're running out of people for the teams that need somebody. Atlanta 4, Cincinnati 5, Philadelphia 6. All would seem to me to be open for business. Who's coming up for a trade? New England? That's what Mel thinks. San Francisco? Maybe Denver? The intrigue is running hot. Fascinating five weeks ahead of us. Again, Mel will join me live in just a few minutes. Seven different quarterbacks, by the way, have been drafted in the top 10 after being traded up for... Since 2016, that's the last five drafts. History has not been kind. Sam Darnold is one of those. Generally, that move has not worked real well. Carson Wentz is another. Hembo's with me today. Another Carson Wentz is another. Jared Goff is another. Josh Rosen is another. Josh Rosen is another. These are, these are cautionary tales. So we'll see how that goes. The other top thing at the, you know, sort of at the top of the sports news tournament, I think it's been great. I've loved it. Games have been good. Upsets have been unbelievable. Feels very normal. And you know what else I like? They cannot run that Masters promo on CBS enough times for me. I could watch that thing. If they just had a channel where all they did was show you Masters promos, they just heard Jim Nance saying, a tradition unlike any other. And then the Masters on CBS. And they just showed you that little tinkling piano they play in the background and the azaleas and everything else and Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus and whatever else they want to show you. I would just watch that channel. I would just sit and I would watch that channel and I would do nothing else and I would be happy. (laughs) 
And could anything better? Things, things are just starting to feel good as a sports fan now. Baseball season is coming. Augusta is around the corner. I took a long walk after work yesterday, and as Richard Pryor famously said, as his legendary character Mudbone, kept some sunshine on my face. I took a walk. Sun was shining. I actually stopped for a minute. I thought of that, that legendary routine. Keep some sunshine on your face. If you don't know it, Google it and listen to it immediately. And he's right. It feels good. I just sort of sat there, closed, stood there, closed my eyes, looked up at the sun, let the sun shine on my face. Felt good. And I feel like we're moving in a positive direction. I hope you feel it. The energy feels good here. And from a sports perspective, we got a lot of stuff to be excited about. So that's where we begin today. Again, Mel Kuyper is on the way next. Windy right after that to explain why the NBA's Western Conference is about to become the strangest place in sports history. Those are on the way. I'm just getting started. My name's Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. My name is Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. And the topic of the morning today, both on TV and here on the radio, is Mel Kuyper Jr.'s Mock Draft 3.0. It's available in its entirety on ESPN+. And the one and only Mel Kuyper is with me live now on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning again, Mel. It was great fun this morning. I mean, we had such a spirited and fun conversation. And there was one question that came up that I think is a really good one, and I want to ask it to Mm -hmm. you here. Sure. As you project quarterbacks to go one, two, three, and four in this draft, how would you assess the degree to which that is driven by how good these four guys specifically are versus just how valuable the position has become and teams' desperation to get them? That's the the thing. It's 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 you're forcing them up because of not only desperation. It's the most important position, not only in football but in all sports. Without quarterback, you, what are you going to do? You're spinning your wheel. So to me, that's why we see quarterbacks going much higher than they should. When I, by by that I mean Green, they're not ranked as high as they're going. So when you're picking, say fourth in the draft, 
you would hope you get a quarterback or a player, I should say, that's in your top four on your board. Well, no, you're, you can make that happen by any way you want to put the board together. But in reality, you're not getting one of the four best players. You're getting maybe the eighth, ninth, tenth best player. But since it's a quarterback, you're okay with that. Where you wouldn't be okay with that had it be a player, would it be a player in another position? So to me, that's going to happen every year. These quarterbacks are, I think, a little bit more justifiable high picks uh, because of the talent they bring to the position and the production and all the overall skill set that they have and the way it works in conjunction with teams like the Jets and Carolina desperate to move up, Atlanta looking for an heir apparent to Matt Ryan. All those things kind of fell into place to allow these quarterbacks to go high. Greeny and Mel Kuyper, and for those who didn't hear it and haven't heard you say it, I think it is important to point it out here that you remain a believer in Sam Darnold. And I bring that mm-hmm. up I bring that up because he is very much a player in all of this. As the Jets make a decision at number two, Darnold is very much a part of that. One way or another, the Jets could keep him. The Jets could trade him. The Jets could use him in a trade for somewhere else. If he were in this draft, Mel, where would he be in the pecking order of these quarterbacks? The Jets would be taking him number two overall. Okay, that's the bottom line, Greeny. He's 23 years old. You know he's the same age as Kyle Trask? Yeah quarterback out of Florida right. who's going to be maybe a third-round pick in this draft, maybe a two, uh, but I think more of a third-rounder. Uh, you know, so to me, if you say Sam Darnold to, is their best option, and I almost projected a trade there. I did it before, but yeah, people say, well, they're going to take Wilson. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to take Wilson. They're going to trade the pick. If you can trade that pick and move down and get Kyle Pitts or a receiver, that's the best move. If you take Zach Wilson, you're not getting Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, or Jalen Waddell. And to me, you're a better football team with Sam Darnold and one of those four entities to help out your situation, to add to the personnel you've already bought in via free agency, to add to the personnel that you're going to bring in via the draft. So to me, Sam Darnold is, is getting knocked and people th- you know, discard him like he's no big deal. He is. He's 23 years of age. He's played through adversity. He's dealt with everything you could deal with, mono, shoulder, and then the lack of talent around him. So to act like he has been a disappointment or a bust is ridiculous talk in my mind. I, I, I'm with you on that and 100% of the way the only real argument I see on the other side is that in this day and age starting the clock which has become sort of uh-huh. the, the, the right. commonly used phrase here on a rookie right. contract just has value right it's, it's it just <laughs> well, is a valuable thing quarterback, why care? So if I believe in Sam Darnold, I'm not worrying about year this, year that, and who says any of these quarterbacks? We went through, Greeny, and I said this a couple weeks ago. There's going to be two of these quarterbacks, or these five, okay, are going to be disappointments or busts. That happen. They're not all going to be really good. So again, uh, you go back to one, two, three, when Achilles Smith went three, and, and Tim Couch went number one, and Cade McNown was in that draft. So you go back over the years, and you're always going to find a disappointment or two. So you don't know. You know Sam Darnold right now. You know what you have. And if they feel good enough, I understand that Joe Douglas didn't draft them. Should that matter? I mean, he evaluated Sam Darnold when he came out. What was his opinion then? Just because he wasn't with the Jets as their GM when that pick was made, it uh, shouldn't influence that, that decision. It's what, what he feels about Sam Darnold in real time right now and what he thought coming out. And as Sam lived up to that, despite having nothing around him and a mono situation and a shoulder situation. So, uh, you know, like I said, he's only 23 years of age. So, like I said, if you ask me right now, if Sam Darnold were in this draft, he'd be the second highest rated quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence. 
It's remarkable when you think about it. <laughs> the Jets have the second pick in this draft, and they're going to move on from him to take somebody else. Mike and, uh, and Mel Kuyper is with me here on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. And by the way, if you enjoy conversation about the draft, I, I have learned so much from listening to you guys on the first draft podcast. From the moment I knew I was doing the draft this year, I listen every single week. It's Field Yates, McShay, and Mel, and you guys break down all of this stuff. If you were one of these people who loves draft content, uh, that is the first place I recommend that you get it. The next thing I want to ask you about, Mel, mm-hmm. is is one of the byproducts of the amount of attention and the amount of uh, pressure is not exactly the word I'm looking for, or, or expectation that gets mm-hmm. put onto these quarterbacks is that I think we give up on them too quickly, which is to say in the interest of starting the clock again or in the interest of, well, he hasn't shown us everything we want in three years, so we're moving on. Darnold is one example, and you keep bringing up Carson Wentz on on the other side, and you are one of these people who believes the Eagles made a mistake here with Carson Wentz. So let's Mm -hmm. start with that. What are your thoughts on the Eagles' decision to move on from Carson Wentz? I I can't believe it. We we, we had talked about this months ago when Get Up Greeny, and I said, Carson Wentz is your quarterback. Well, he's not. He's Indianapolis' quarterback now, and Frank Reich is celebrating. Well, why is that? How can you let that happen? Because we allow... I don't know if it's lack of communication or not the proper communication where, you know, something happens, things go awry. And, and if you're going to hold this year against Carson Wentz, I don't know any quarterback unless you're Superman could have done well with all the issues they had in Philadelphia with that offense. And again, because of that, Indianapolis is able to steal Carson Wentz with Chicago showing no interest, which shocked me even more that Chicago would be okay with Andy Dalton but could have had Carson Wentz for the 20th pick and a third rounder. So I think when you look at it and you look at Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold would be in that year, Greeny, where this is the year we say, hey, this is, you said it, Danny Dimes, this is your year. We got, you know, we're getting elements around you. The offensive line will be, now this is Dan, Dan, Daniel Jones' year. This was, what we say, going to, this was Josh Allen's year, right? The shine. They had it all set up, Brandon Bean did, with Diggs and everything around him, this is Josh's year to silence the critics. This is Daniel Jones' year. Sam Darnold would be coming into this year and next year to do that. So you're going to let him go? This could be the year where it all comes together. Start helping the guy. So why are we casting him, putting him aside, push him to the curb, and we're going to bring somebody else in new when this is Sam's year. He went through all the negativity. He went through all the trials and tribulations of a young quarterback. He's still only 23. We're going to cut him loose. I said this when you asked me about Russell Wilson. I'm the Seahawks, and I got to trade. And I feel the need to trade Russell Wilson, which baffles me again. That they do, Sam Darnold. I'd say, okay, yeah, that, that's the best option for me. If I'm Pete Carroll and and, and Schneider and company, that's what I'm going to do. So I, you know, I think Sam Darnold to me, and I, I had Josh Allen ahead of so you know that. I had Josh mm-hmm. Arnold, uh, Allen one, I had Sam Darnold too, but I like them both. I like Josh better, but I like Sam, and I think Sam has been uh, you know, dealt a, a deck of cards that no quarterback with the Jets could have done any better than he's done, and, and I think he'll be better for it moving forward. I think it's fascinating, and and a point that Hembo just brought up to me. And I would throw this at you here, Mel. And again, the sure. mock draft is right up on, on ESPN Plus right now. I recommend it. It's such interesting stuff to me. The winningest active quarterbacks to play last season were Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, and Aaron Rodgers. Of those, only one of them started as a rookie. Any games at all. That was Roethlisberger. And if you remember, he only started because there was an injury right. to Tommy Maddox. But whatever. The point is, Brady didn't, Brees didn't, Rivers didn't, Rodgers didn't. They're all going to the Hall of Fame. And we expect a lot of these guys immediately. And when we don't get it, Mel, we may give up on them too fast. And as a result, we, who knows what we're missing out on. 
you're right. And Hembo always comes up with incredible stuff. And I'm going to send that to me, Hembo. <laughs> he gets all my fucking emails. He's got the most valuable emails I get are from Hembo. The guy's amazing. But I think when you look at, at those numbers, or, and, and what, what did that also, what do they all have in common, too? They're not exactly dual-threat quarterbacks, a lot of those guys, right? right. They're not running around. There. Some are, are mobile enough. They're mobile enough. Ben could just shrug people off with his big body. But these aren't scrambling, run-around quarterbacks that we're talking about here. Yet we're talking about Mac Jones being a dinosaur when Tom Brady won a Super Bowl at 43 as a so-called dinosaur. So we get some crazy talk this time of year, Grainy, that you have to kind of work through and, and get to the facts and, and, and just cut out some of this, naked, this, this ridiculous discussions that, that create, I think, things that just aren't accurate. I always count on Hembo to bring it, put it all in the proper perspective for us. Well, that's why he's hashtag Hembo, and he is seated to my left. Again, <laughs> just to give you those names again, because you're right, it's Brady. He never ran anywhere. Breeze never ran anywhere. Rivers couldn't run from here to there in 10 minutes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the only one of those who you would describe as a dual threat. And, and then Roethlisberger, who, to your point, he would shrug people off, but we certainly wouldn't describe him as a dual threat quarterback. So we will see. Anyway, I know I have to let you go. I could do this for 20 hours, uh, and we will have plenty of time to do it as we work our way towards it again. Mel's 3.0 mock draft is up right now on ESPN+, and it's awesome. Thank you, Mel. Thanks, Grady. Have a great day, Beth. See you, uh, He's just the best. He's just the best. And, and Hembo, you know, who is also the best. And every, you hear people, Hembo makes more people on this network sound smart than anybody else. And I'm just the one who was smart enough to just sort of take him with me everywhere I've gone <laughs> um, and, and monopolize your time. But, but um, here's the thing I would say about Mel just quickly. The level of enthusiasm he has for what he does is unmatched. And I keep coming back to that Mike Ditka quote. I remember once saying something about Shefty to Mike Ditka. And Ditka said to me, I like people who love what they do. And that, that's what those guys are. Like, Mel, you ever heard anybody more into this? I mean, listen to what we're talking about. But it's not just like the quarterback. It's like the, the third-round linebacker. It's the same. It's the same level of excitement. It's 100% true. And so this year, you guys are going to have to keep me honest. Everyone's going to have to keep me honest because, because I have this great opportunity that I'm hosting the draft. I've been studying all of these players like crazy. I'm 46 players in on this draft right now. So this entire mock first round, for example, that I'm holding, I know all of these players. I can tell you whatever you want about them. Name a player, I'll tell you something about it. Name any player on this list, I'll tell you something about it. Najee Harris. Najee Harris. Well, him, everybody knows, right? He was like a Heisman finalist from Alabama. He's an outstanding one. Name someone that people don't know. Gregory Rousseau. Gregory Rousseau is a defensive end from Miami who opted out of last season, but he was second in the country in sacks the year before behind only Chase Young. But he has very little playing experience, really only one year. See, this is my point. I know all this stuff now. And on draft night, that will be very valuable. Are you using flashcards at home? Now, how valuable this will be? I mean, I, I, we're working our way towards flashcards. <laughs> Stace is quizzing me. Stace does sit and quiz me on these players. Stace knows these players. I'm telling you right now, when Quiddy Pay gets drafted, Stace is going to stand up off the couch and cheer. She loves Quiddy Pay. She just loves the name Quiddy Pay. Good bull uh, rusher. The defensive end out of Michigan, by the way. My, so my point is, I know all these people. So we're going to have to figure out as we work our way towards this draft just how deeply you want me to go into this. Because I can go as deep as you want, and I'm just not 100% sure on a show like this how deep we want to go. <laughs> anyway, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Next up, we're going to the NBA. It's Breaking Moves with Winding. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. Brian Winhorst is with me here on ESPN Radio in what is Really, just a sort of a lousy little moment in the NBA. Uh, Wendy, good morning. And, and that's not much of an introduction, I know. But I was looking. <laughs> there was a post that ESPN put on Instagram 
where they just showed the list of NBA superstars who were all hurt and or not playing for various reasons. Sort of a depressing little moment in that regard. Yeah, we're hoping that the uh, the Giannis Antetokounmpo injury, the knee injury, is not that serious. And Steph Curry, you know, we're hoping he's going to come back relatively soon here. But, yeah, when, you know, one of the things that's crazy, you know, my friends, including Doug Kazarian, who hosts the Daily Wager, they're calling me to try to get um, my viewpoint on what the MVP race is because they're trying to hedge their bets and everything because the MVP race is a mess right now. Um, based on with all these guys injured. I don't have an answer for them. I, I, I don't know what it's going to be. And, and here's the thing, Greeny, this second-half schedule, to fit all this in, the NBA just, just held its nose and shoved all the games onto the calendar. And so I suspect we're going to face, be faced with more injuries. And then when guys are out, because the games are all shoved together, it's going to be a lot of games that they're going to miss, even if they're only out a week or two. So this is reality that we are in this pandemic, and we just have to try to get through it. Let me run through some of these again. This is the post. Steph Curry, tailbone contusion. LeBron James, high ankle sprain. Giannis, sprained left knee. Kevin Durant, left hamstring strain. Jason Tatum, illness. Kyrie Irving, out with family matter. Joel Embiid, left knee injury. Anthony Davis, calf strain. LaMelo Ball, fractured right wrist. Klay Thompson, torn right Achilles. I mean, we're just missing a lot of guys. Uh, Just quickly to the point you made a moment ago, Wendy, does Nikola Jokic become the presumptive MVP or the leader? He is the Vegas favorite right now. Is he the favorite in your mind? I think that's a bad bet. Um, I think uh, Dame Lillard, um, it, you know, first off, Dame Lillard's about to get Yusef Nurkic. He's been on the other guy. He has a, had a broken wrist. He is coming back in the next week or two. And then I wouldn't surprise me if Portland makes a move before Thursday's deadline. And Portland is upwardly mobile with, you know, we'll see what happens with the Lakers. I, I, I know that one guy now got Dame at 40 to one. Uh, not you, I don't, you couldn't get that now, but that's a, that was a, Hold on to that ticket because I think Dame's got a window here. But we may just, you know, Embiid and LeBron, just because they're out for a while doesn't necessarily mean that they're invalidated. I mean, I am intending at this moment, we'll see what happens with Tyrese Halliburton and Anthony Edwards. But if I had to vote today, I'd still vote for LaMelo for Rookie of the Year. I mean, uh, there's no rule that says you have to play 71 of the 72 games to win the award. And we just may have to, to factor in the craziness of this season and give the guys who get injuries a break, uh, that they can still be, be eligible for the award. All right, we'll see how it all winds up working out. The NBA is here on ESPN Radio, by the way, tonight. Zion and the Pelicans taking on the Lakers is presented by Indeed. Coverage 7 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. All right, two quick things, the reasons I wanted to talk to you today, Wendy. First, you just mentioned it. Trade deadline coming Thursday. What should the fans be expecting? It's not a lot of excitement out there. There's been so much star movement, and uh, it just I don't think we're going to see anything major happen. The one guy to watch is Kyle Lowry. And really, Greeny, there's three scenarios for Kyle Lowry. He stays in Toronto with the Raptors, hoping to sign him to an extension after this season. He's in the last year of his deal. That's one. Two, he gets traded to Philadelphia, his hometown, where um, adding him to that team really makes a, 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 an arms race between them and the Nets for the Eastern Conference. Very compelling. But again, would be expensive both in trade pieces and Philly would have to plan to re-sign him with three other max players on their books. I, don't, I mean, it's pushing the bound, boundaries. And then the other option would be Miami. Those are the three options. And uh, Miami is a team that has young players on its roster and salary cap space this summer. And so Miami has to ask itself, 
do we really want to trade some of our pieces here, weaken ourselves long term, uh, when we could just sign Kyle Lowry in the summer? And so you say, well, yeah, but you get Kyle Lowry now, because uh, I think Kyle Lowry is interested in playing with Jimmy Butler in Miami over the summer. Uh, you get Kyle Lowry now for this season, and that's a good point. But then you have to ask yourself if you're in Miami, is Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and Kyle Lowry, is that good enough to beat this next team this year? And, you know, and I, and I don't know the answer to that. So there's, so Lowry is the big name, second name to watch, Aaron Gordon from the Magic, a whole bunch of teams, most of them in the West are making offers, but none of the offers are what I would call super ex- in- impressive. So we don't know if Gordon's going to move or not. Uh, I-, I would guess like 51% yes, but those are the two big names to watch. All right, so we'll keep an eye on those. Brian Windhorst with me here on ESPN Radio. One more quickly, I tried to paraphrase on this show yesterday what you said to me about the race for the sixth spot in the Western Conference yesterday morning on Get Up, and I didn't do it nearly as well as you will do it. So I'd love you to explain, for those who haven't heard it, why the mad dash this year in the West is going to be for six. Yeah, this Lakers injury uh, with LeBron and AD, I mean, you know, if they're out for two, three weeks, the Lakers could be in seventh or eighth place. Uh, Now, top ten are going to make the playoffs. You know, seven, eight, nine, and ten are going to have the play-in tournament for those seeds. So if you can get six in the West, even if that's just the Lakers getting six and avoiding that play-in stuff, it makes a big difference. But if you're a team like like Dallas, or you're a team like San Antonio, you're like, well, wait a minute. We thought we might have to do the play-in now. What if we can slip past L.A.? And if we're in the sixth seed, we may avoid, because right now Clippers and Jazz are 1-2. You know, Phoenix is right there. But you could say, wait a minute, we could avoid the Lakers Clippers and Jazz, maybe in the first round, if we get the sixth seed, let's go for it. And then if you're a team like, like, the, like the Clippers or Jazz, you've got to be like, wait a minute here. We could, if the Lakers slide out into the play-in tournament, and like, by the way, I have no doubt the Lakers would win their way in. I'm not saying they're going to get knocked out, but they may have to go through that and face the seven or eight seed if they're going a month without LeBron. Now all of a sudden you could potentially have a first-round series where it's Lakers-Clippers or – uh, or Jazz uh, Lakers in the first round. So I think you're going to have the Clippers and the and the Jazz saying, LeBron, get back, try to get that you know five or six slot so we don't got to worry about you in the first round. And then you've got the teams behind saying, let's fight, scrap and claw to move past the Lakers here to get in to five or six. I think it could really be the first time in NBA history we've had a race for six. It's a fascinating way of looking at it. That's why I said the the Western Conference this year is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before, and you did a much better job of explaining it than I ever could. Wendy, thank you. As always, my friend, I will see you soon. Thank you, Greeny. That's Brian Windhorst with me here on ESPN Radio. Just outstanding. Rolling on today. We'll have time for your calls a little bit later. But coming up next is the green list. And today's list is 101 years in the making. You will hear it next after this time for some straight talk. You know, your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune that out. With straight talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just 199 bucks, plus get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. 
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny, back with you, and don't miss the biggest, baddest rematch at UFC 260, the heavyweight championship bout. UFC 260 Saturday, exclusively available to ESPN Plus subscribers for $69.99. You can visit ESPNPlus.com slash PPV to order. The green list is coming up in just a moment. But first, fascinating stat of the day, which is brought to you by our friend Mr. Hembo, hashtag Hembo, my VP of statistics, analytics, and gambling. Uh, Hembo, what is today's fascinating stat of the day? What do you got? I was doing some wide receiver research this morning for Get Up and found this, Greeny. Since 2015, 58 different wide receivers produced a 1,000-yard season, a total of 117 times. But none did so for the Eagles or the 49ers. So if you're looking for a team likely to target wide receiver early in the draft, look at those two teams. Okay, I like it. Give me that again just in brief fashion. They're the only two teams that don't have a 1,000-yard receiving season in how long? Six years. Six years. So right now the Eagles picking at six. Mel is projecting them to take Jamar Chase. If you haven't seen, if you don't remember Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase was the best receiver on the LSU team that won the championship two years ago and basically mm-hmm. set every offensive record in the history of the sport. He was better than Justin Jefferson, who was a rookie last year and set every rookie receiving record. He was better than Terrace Marshall, who's going to be a first-round pick this year and who caught 13 touchdowns <laughs> that year. Jamar Chase won the Boletnikoff Award. He opted out this past season, so he's super stud. And then the other team you said is San Francisco. So Mel has them taking Caleb Farley, who is the corner from Virginia Tech. But there are other receivers here if they wind up moving around one way or the other. So we'll see what winds up happening. I like that. That's the fascinating stat brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. All right, the list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. I really like today's Green List, uh, which is uh, every day our daily top five as voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And there is, you know, this is an NCAA tournament. People are talking about the Blue Bloods aren't there. There's no Duke. There's no Kentucky. 
Not only that, we don't have Tom Izzo in the dance. We don't have Roy Williams in the dance. We don't have a lot of the names you usually know. There's only one A-list star in this year's NCAA tournament. Hmm. And her name is Sister Jean. Sister Jean is the best thing the NCAA tournament has going for it. I mean that in all sincerity. I genuinely love her and love this story at Loyola. And so what we did was, I want to give you an indication. She's 101 years old. God bless her. I want to give you an indication of where the world was 101 years ago. So as we count down these facts about the world over the last 101 years, I want to make it clear this is in honor of Sister Jean. This is done with love and admiration. These are the five things you need to know that have happened in the world during the lifetime of the biggest star in this year's NCAA tournament. Number five. Sister Jean was born in 1919. Sliced bread was first sold in 1928. So you know the expression, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread? There was no sliced bread. Like, I didn't know that sliced bread wasn't always a thing. George Carl used to have a great, a great routine where he would say, why are people so impressed with sliced bread? Like, you got a bread, you got a knife, slice it, for crying out loud, and get on with your day. But I guess in 1928, when sliced bread came along, it was a very big deal. Sister Jean might remember that. She was nine. So this is what I'm talking about. The world has changed a lot in 101 years. Number four. For example, she was born during the Spanish flu pandemic. She has lived through two pandemics now. We keep talking about a pandemic last time. She was there. She probably doesn't remember it. She would have been a baby at the time. She was born in 1919. But she is one of the very, very few people mm. who has lived through two global pandemics. Again, today's list of the way the world has changed in 101 years. God bless her. We love Sister Jean. This is all done in her honor. Number three. Sister Jean was 34 years old when the first four-minute mile was achieved by Roger Bannister. That was at its time one of the greatest accomplishments. People talked about that as this incredible accomplishment. Mankind has done it. They've run a four-minute mile. It has since been done by almost 1,500 people. <laughs> 1,500 people. I'm looking at Brandon. Brandon, a washed-up defensive tackle. Could probably run a four-minute mile. I, could you run a four-minute mile, Brandon? I don't know. Brandon, I think, could run a four-minute mile. Times five. He could run a 20-minute <laughs> mile. But anyway, she was 34 years old when that barrier was first broken. Number two. Next. In her lifetime has been played every game in the history of the National Football League. The league, the NFL's first game was played September 26, 1920. Again, she was born in 1919. She has lived through... How would you describe that? Like she's how, older than the NFL. She's older than the NFL. Again, we say this with love and respect. We don't want anyone to get the impression that this is done joking around. I think it is a wonderful story. It is what makes this so compelling. And finally, number one. Number one. This is the greatest thing. On the day that she was born, August 21st, 1919, Babe Ruth tripled and drove in two runs batting cleanup for the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> He wasn't a Yankee yet. <laughs> and that, that is the life that she has had, this wonderful 101-year-old woman who was inspiring this team to such great heights, and that is today's green list. And, and again, if you, if you read, did you see the pregame prayer that she had? The scouting report? It's a scouting report. You know, it's the greatest thing in the world. I've, I've never been a part of a pregame prayer in my life, and so, but this is not the way I envisioned it. But in her pregame prayer, just Google it. 
She's actually talking about like the weaknesses of the team that they're playing against. <laughs> and, and, and it's the greatest thing ever. And they, by the way, may very well win this whole thing. They may very well win this whole thing. They are not a Cinderella. I said this on the air the other day. The biggest difference between Sister Jean now and Sister Jean two years ago is she's not wearing a glass slipper this time. They were a Cinderella then. They are not a Cinderella now. Loyola Chicago is just that good. They 100% got underseated. They got ripped off by the committee. A terrible job of seating them eight where they were. And so what winds up happening is when they make the Final Four, and they're going to, people will say, oh, this is an unbelievable run for an eight seed. Goes to show you, sometimes those things are not what they appear. They should have been, if you even want to take into account the conference they play in, they should have been a three or a four. I mean, they were better than Illinois for 40 minutes. Yeah, th- th- that game and never looked, looked like, like a surprise. No, That's true. I hate to say this, but the same thing could be said of Ohio State. My two final four teams that I've lost for my beloved Big Ten, neither one of them at any point in that game, when, they lo- when Ohio State lost to Oral Roberts and then when Illinois lost to Loyola, at no point watching that game, where if you didn't know anything else about them, at no point would you be saying, well, that team on that side is way better. Like, if the other team wins, it'll be an enormous surprise. That was even true of the Oral Roberts-Ohio State game. All right, we're rolling on. Much more to come in our next hour on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.